Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a Tuesday. It is Dave Sturgio, Chris Gucci, A5. Anthony behind the glass here at Chop Studios. Hope you guys enjoyed Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm, I know I did on a personal level when it comes to, uh, we'll talk about the top movers in a couple minutes. Uh, one of those top movers definitely propelled me right into the uh, fantasy football championship. So I know a lot of people are focused and zeroed in on that. But guess what? If you're eliminated, right, there's other ways to make money. And guess what? Mojo Market could be the way to do it, right? So pay attention. Get your notebooks out. All right, here we go. So yesterday... Before we got into the Monday Night Football stuff, there was another coaching. I mean, I thought Black Monday was the day after the season ended, but Black Monday came early for Broncos head coach or former head coach now, Nathaniel Hackett. Got the hack, got the axe. Nate Hackett, your boy from Green Bay. It's not my boy. Fired. Fired. Like Vince style. It's the first time in 40 years that, well, it's the second coach in 40 years that was fired before completing one season. That's it. Are you sure? I saw a list. I saw a list of guys that were fired. Oh, that was after one season. So this is like during. Before, before, yeah, like before the. So him and before completing. So was it him and Urban? Urban, two years in a row. God, never been done before in two years in a row. (laughs) Do you know how much money the NFL has lost? I mean, uh, organizations have lost and fired head coaches. I feel like 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 almost close to a billion. Whoever's in charge of the hiring in those situations needs to also stand in the mirror and say you're fired. Because fire yourself. Yeah, you know what? You're the one that hired Hackett. GMs have to actually hold themselves accountable. 100%. How about this? this? Did Hackett make the trade? To get Russ? Because that might be the worst trade in history. Are we out on Russ? Are we out, out on Russ? Are you? He looks like, no, he looks like, he looks off. I understand. He looks awful. I think Sierra's out on Russ at this point. (laughs) She's benching Russ. We're going to have a second divorce starting next year. Uh, But no, for real, like this is, I, I don't know, like. Was it? Is it coaching? I mean, I know. Listen, I know look, Russ Wilson's a cringeworthy let's dude. Just, let's just but sit, sit here and look at Russ's numbers this year. You could say the coaching all replay. you want. Yeah, it's awful. It's bad. We look back, dating back to last year when I mean, I guess Russ played decent in the first half before he got hurt, but not really. I'm saying Russ is done. And really, when we're talking about the trade itself, whether Russ plays well or not, eventually, right now it's looking really bad, and it's two ones, two twos, two hundred. Kind of reminds me of one Dallas Cowboys Herschel Walker trade they, back in '91. Not only did they give up picks, they gave up players like start players that are starting. No offense. Yeah. yeah, it's a bad trade. Stop. Okay. Awful trade. Might be one of the worst trades ever. Maybe the GM needs a whole. That's not Elway, right? Elway's not the GM. He's just associated with the team and drinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really I it. I feel like, like Elway is definitely has has some of the say, but I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Denver Broncos front office. Speaking of front offices, another move was made. They don't even know what's going on. Corresponding move, I guess, within the AFC still. Mike White will be starting again. He's cleared. Um, Very interesting turn of events yesterday when he got cleared. You also just informed me, and I don't know why I didn't know this, but... Zach Wilson's not even going to dress. It, it is officially yeah, done so. Joe Flacco is the oh backup now. God. I guess we could finally put to bed that conspiracy theory that Dave conjured up a couple weeks back. What was right? my conspiracy theory? That they were that they were faking Mike White's injury so they could start <laughs> Zach Wilson. <laughs> Until they saw Mike uh, Zach Wilson again. Yeah, in because action. they had no idea. And they're like, you know what? Never mind. I, this whole thing just this just whole put thing. It all we, to bed. You know, we're we're gonna. Um, you Awful. know that you know that risky move we just made the other like two weeks ago, uh, risking our entire careers. Yeah, that backfired, so we're just going to act like it didn't happen. I don't want to talk too much about this, but there is more news coming out of the AFC East that Tua Tungavailoa has his third concussion 
of the season. Um, you know, the first one didn't go diagnosed, but everybody kind of knew it was. Then it was another concussion. He was knocked out cold. Now, yesterday, he's saying that, um, which we call the head coach came out and said, like, we can't, it's too early to announce a starter. He's got concussion syndrome, uh, syndromes. Yeah, so, so what did I say? Syndromes? syndromes? Maybe I have concussion symptoms. That's not far and out of the reach of the realm of possibilities. Um, but what I will say is this. They interviewed him. <laughs> they interviewed Tua about the, like, the picks that he threw against Green Bay. And he's in the second one. He's like, yeah, that second one. Um, I don't really remember. I think I maybe called the wrong play. Like He was just like... No recollection of like. Yeah, I watched, and I watched that interview and I was like, I'm going to give him a pass because he's probably just trying to take the blame. That's the way I looked at it. Where I was like, okay, either he has no idea what's going on up there or, mm -hmm. and this is where I kind of lean towards it because he answered all the other questions pretty eloquently and, and articulate. Right. The, the thing that I saw there was that Tua was, was taking blame and it maybe was clearly someone else's fault. So he didn't know what to say and how to take the blame. So he made it seem like he just made the wrong call. I uh, I, I was following. I just had no clue. I was following this vividly. Um, Doctor uh, Jesse of, of Mojo. I thought you were talking about Doctor Dave. From, no, no, no Doctor Dave doesn't know anything. Doctor Jesse's an actual doctor with Mojo, and he always gives us the the cold hard facts. Uh, yesterday, he put out there on Twitter that he thinks Tua should be suspended indefinitely for not telling the coaching staff that things were going on again. Well, I th I have a hard time with that. I, I'm I mean, pushing, look, he's gotten. I'm pushing. Back he got there. flamed a little bit, I'm but like I'm pushing back there, and and I'm I'm not going to flame him because I understand the the sentiment that he's trying to make here. But how could you? You can't expect a concussed player. Hey, coach, I'm concussed. Like you know, like that's <laughs> take whole, me out of the game. I that's kind of the underlying point of being concussed is like you don't really know what's going on. So mm, okay, but you know, I mean, say, suspended. Like, to say, I mean, like, hey, I gotta gather myself here and then come up with the wherewithal. Like your your mindset in that moment is like, I need to play. I need to get ready. I need to. Show to his that point, I'm good. to his point, doctor's just looking out for the player's safety. Of course, and I, did you see that wallop last night by by uh, uh, there was, uh, the safety. What's his name? Uh, Chargers. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. I watched my phone. I watched this game on my. You didn't see the, the hit? No. Oh my god! Oh, uh, why can't I think of his name? Why the, the Derwin James? He was ejected. Oh yeah. Oh, I I read god. I read that on first of uh, all Bleacher Report. If this was, uh, I didn't see it. If this was, huh, I don't want to like get off my lawn, but like. Back in the day, <laughs> you know, that was just a good, hard, cold football hit. But he knocked him into the next world, and he did lower his helmet. And, you know, I know player safety, that's the way it is. But boy, oh, boy, he knocked himself out of the game anyway, I think. I think they were going to knock him out with a concussion. And also with the receiver, Look, too. I, I and don't, shout out to – we'll I don't have issues with the hard hits. I have issues with, like, clearly egregious – Blatant hard it, hits where they're it, looking it, like they're targeting and things like that. It, but it looked look, it's a bang bang thing. In right? fa listen, in fast motion, it looked like Derwin James is going to make a play, but then when you slow it down and you're like, this guy looks like he's about to murder this dude. Well, you know it, what I mean? Like, well, it is football. It is football after all, and it's I like guess the whole intent you know, is to be violent at the point of impact, and then all of a sudden, anymore. not anymore. Oh no, no, it is one hundred percent. Bro, I don't look, know how these give, kids are taught nowadays. You, but just to give you an example about the violence at the point of impact, we just talked about Mike. White, that hit was brutal. You know, it's just about the placement of it. That was a clean hit. One's not. It all depends where you deliver the blow. Yeah. Obviously.
So we can move and on past it, the hard hit. Derwin yes. James is a stud. Derwin James, his interception in the first half was out of control good. Speaking of this game, it's time to get into the top movers from this game um, from yesterday. And, of course, the Chargers, with their win, clinch a playoff spot. They'll be in the playoffs now. So all your Chargers that you're invested in get some extra time into January. We start with this guy right here who propelled me right into a fantasy championship. Austin Eckler had himself a night last night. 18 carries, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Four catches, 12 yards. Couldn't really get anything going uh, in the screen game. But I will say this. Bum. Now, now, what? Bum. Yeah, bum. I'm okay. mad about Eckler. That Those last little garbage points sent me home. So sent while you, you, you And the ones that you didn't need, by the way. I know the situation. I won by BS, 20. Yeah, you won yeah, by 20. So I did so not congrats. need them, no. I'm glad Dave got his second pilot on touchdown <laughs> with Austin Eckler's. Honestly, like, let's be realistic here. I know I'm being bitter. You are. But did Austin Eckler really have himself a day? It was like 17 for Anytime you score two touchdowns in the NFL, I think it's a day. Yeah, that it sounds is. like a Zeke day. It's, where it's it like does Pollard, sound like a Zeke Pollard, day. Pollard runs to the one, <laughs> and then Zeke punches it in. This no, dude's Austin Eckler is obviously a touchdown machine. He, he is the I'm guy. Bitter. He literally leads the league outside of, I believe, Jamal Williams, who like has like a million. This guy is a, t- is a touchdown machine, and this guy should be in your portfolio. I understand. Look at those pri- like that price is is not that expensive for a guy that's going to see the field in red zone opportunities. Yeah. I will say this: watching the beginning of this game, I was starting to lose my mind a little bit because in the first two series, the Chargers ran six plays. He was on the field for two of them. Yeah. So I'm not, like, what? He, like, what are we doing here? He basically splits carries. That's ridiculous. But when they get he's down, so low, much better than and Josh Kelly. I mean, so much better. Realistically speaking. Between the tackles, he's not. Well, he's not built like that. You know, That's what's his problem. average yards per carry? Not much. No, so I understand. The, the Chargers don't run the ball. Well, I understand why they don't use him in between the 20s as often as they would like to because he's better out of the backfield catching the ball, and they use him fine. They, I mean, like, it's there's no – I don't really have any complaints if I'm an Austin Eckler owner or if I'm invested in him. Um, but I will say this, you know – Austin Eckler, the expectations are very high for him. So if you are going to invest in a, in a player, not, yeah, in an Eckler, I would definitely anticipate using the multipliers here because you get a guy that has the game that he had yesterday. I know he didn't really have his reception totals that we're typically used to, but he did score twice, right? So you have two touchdowns in the game, and he only went up a little less than 1% because he's established a little bit. So I would definitely encourage using the multipliers with Eckler. And any real superstar, to be and honest really, with you. Yeah, all of these guys at the, at the top of the list. But um, Speaking of non-superstars... Um, the Colts made an interesting move uh, going into this game, and they decided to start Super Bowl champion winning. <laughs> he wasn't MVP, was he? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. It's Nick Foles, and Nick Foles is bad at football. Um, this this came from above, I guess, Ursay, Saturday. I don't know, man. It, it just I mean, seems to me. Look, that, you, but look, your season is lost, right? We yeah, all noticed this. Ryan just gave like, the second half comeback. You got you to gotta move on. Yeah, but it. here's the thing, bro. 15 weeks, the guy didn't dress. You know, so why now is like, oh, it's the Nick Foles experiment. Like, no, like Sam Ellinger's your project, isn't he? What pick do they got? Who knows? But I'm just saying like, yeah, obviously they're going to be in the conversation for a quarterback. The quarterback of the Colts of 2023 is not on this roster right now. It's just not. You got Foles, you got Ryan, and you got Ellinger. None of those guys. I don't know. But you won't know what you have in Ellinger unless you play the kid. Well, I mean, they've played him and not enough. Let's just let's be realistic about the Colts situation here. It's a, it's a completely botched, lost season. They had Jonathan Taylor. Now he's out. They are playing for nothing. 
I see no reason why. I mean, you want to just leave Matt Ryan out there? Fine, you can make that case. But, but think about it. Think Ellinger about legacy. Goes, I mean, I know it doesn't matter to a lot of outsiders, but think about it. Like you're Matt Ryan, you get you get dealt over there. You think that this season's going to be like, wow, offensive line is built. Wow, running game is incredible. Wow, you think some young receivers out there, and it just doesn't go. It, to, is, it doesn't go as it planned. Is, it which, is not up to the Colts to preserve Matt Ryan's legacy. It's not. He's not a. He's not a career cult. He's a falcon. I understand that. And then but he goes there and he sucks. It's not like he he elevated the team. Yeah. Well, think about what happened around him. You know what I mean? Like the offensive line didn't Case live up to point. the billing. Look, if I'm the, if I'm the Colts, I'm more embarrassed about the fact that we hired Jeff Saturday. Everything thereafter. You say I, mean, I know you say hired Jeff well, no, Saturday, no, 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 but when when you, I understand he's getting paid as a head coach. Sure, but. You you inserted Jeff Saturday into a bad situation. Okay. And a guy with no experience. So give it to anybody else on that team. So so like I, let's just say I think Reggie Wayne is one of the the wide receiver coaches, right? He's beloved within the maybe Colts he community. Played quarterback. Huh? Saying he should have played quarterback? <laughs> no, I'm saying he should have coached. <laughs> anybody should play quarterback. I mean, I'd before. rather have the, the center than than a, I'd rather have a center than a wide receiver. Whatever the case may coaching be. Coaching my team. He was inserted. They made the move back to as soon as actually as soon as Saturday got the job, they moved the move back to Matt Ryan because Frank Reich had benched him, right? And then Saturday was like, no, no, no. This is our guy. Let's go. Right? And then you do it again. You did it to yourself. I mean, look, I, you I put can't, Foles in there I, I don't for even what? think it's worth even spending another split second talking about the Colts situation. Moving it's on. a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. All right. Do I want to blame somebody for starting Nick Foles? I mean, give the guy an opportunity. Why not? What the hell else you got to lose? You think he's worse or better? He played no worse or no better than any other Colts quarterback. But if you're the season. Colts organization and you are thinking about next year already, which you are, because now you're four ten and one, right? But going into this game, you were four nine and one with no shot at the playoffs. The season's over. I look at the the front office and I have to say, look, Jeff. Here's the deal. If it ain't Matt Ryan, we got to find out what we got in Sam, man. Give well, him the last two weeks. What if the, you don't well, bring in a journeyman like Nick Foles couple, to screw it all thing, up? There's a couple things here. Issue, not issue, but I get what you're saying. One, I understand. Two, they definitely know what they have in Sam Ellinger already. He's been there for a decent amount of time. You He's think that's enough a, of a sample size to figure out, to make a move to look, draft you somebody don't next year? You don't always need to see somebody in real game situations to know that they're not capable of starting in this league. Right, you have these guys in practice. You've been assessing the talent for a while, team. but then know. he's had opportunities against bad defenses this year, and he fell flat. I know the Colts aren't a good team, but they have some decent parts around them, and there has been points this season where their offense clicked a little bit. You think first half against the Vikings, etc. But no, I'm I'm just I think Sam Ellinger, especially with the fact that we know that the coach, the quarterback of this team, isn't on the roster. You just said it. Yeah, I know that. They know that. Jeff, how about this? The head coach of this team is also not on this roster. So really finding out what? What are we finding out? We're getting our, our teeth kicked in, night in, night out, week in, week out, with a coach that's not going to be here, quarterbacks that aren't going to be here. All right, so and, you're just giving the pass are, because the season here we just are, a loss. And here we are. Talking about Nick talking Foles. Talking about Nick Foles. <laughs> Sam Ellinger's up, by the way, in case you want to go invest. He might spike again. He so might Nick get to Foles start next week. Nick Foles had his last job opportunity in the NFL. He might get one Nick more Foles, start. I'm going to say it right now. This is not a hot take. Nick Foles has never been a good quarterback. He's not been right. an elite quarterback. The guy went on the luckiest run Fair. in the history of mankind. It's not luck. All he home well. games. Stop. Get out of here all with that, Philly. Games. Philadelphia. Yeah, they didn't. They were. His, they, no, no, no. You're wrong. They went all the road games. All road games. I'm just—he's the luckiest quarterback in the world. Are you sure? Yes, hundred percent. They had the wolf mat, the road. Trust me, it was Dave uh, with the underdogs. Yeah, I remember that. But I remember Carson Wentz having an MVP yeah, type we're, season. We're we're you're we're, telling me they didn't get a, so a wait, home we're game? The underdogs, but we're they definitely had a home game. We're the underdogs, but we're favored God at home. Damn it! No, this is 
Eagles Super Bowl right. run. Wait, that's the preseason. All right. You you want to give me my flowers now or no? No. Well, you should because they had all home games. They had, they had all home games? against Home against Atlanta. Home against Minnesota. Woo! And then they beat Dave, the Patriots. Dave gets his flowers. Nick Foles, I guess, does flowers. suck. All of them. Nick Foles, luckiest oh, I, quarterback I, in the I world. I went to fix my hat. And it's on backwards. There you go. Well, this that's the kind of morning we're having here at Mojo. Uh, um, anyway, let's move on to another top mover. In a winning thing, right? They won a game, so that's good. Uh, they won a game. <laughs> I know. We're all just like, how's the clock? We're, uh, they win a game last night, and that's the Chargers. One guy who didn't find himself involved at all and was dressed and did play is our beloved single-digit Gerald Everett. What happened here? Like, I understand, like, we're talking about individual players when it comes to the mojo market. And, yeah, it's a feel-good thing that they won the game. But now, all of a sudden, you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, which I think is a big, big thing. But to not have a target is very alarming, no? I mean, Josh Palmer's getting targets at the wide receiver. Uh, Palmy or Palmery or whatever his name is outside of the um, – Palmer? No, no, I know Palmer. It was somebody else. Oh, yeah, a Donald Parham Jr. even got a target, <laughs> two targets. So it's like all of a sudden, single-digit Josh Everett, uh, Gerald Everett is just not the guy. Are you worried about this going forward? I mean, he's his usage is – I wouldn't say it's gone down. I mean, his targets have been fairly consistent all season long, so I don't think it's a thing where we're going to expect Gerald Everett to not get looked – anybody look his way anymore going forward. I mean, it's not a good thing. Their receivers are back healthy now, so this is really the first time that they've had a full complement of everybody healthy. We saw Keenan Allen get like 10-plus targets in the first half, and that was working, so there was really no reason to go to the safety valve in Jared, Gerald Everett. And typically what you see out of tight ends is they don't get much usage in between the 20s, and then you get down to the red zone, and it's tight end, tight end. But guess what we have on this team? It's, it's Austin Eckler, who we just talked about. Every time they get close, it's Austin Eckler's show. So... I'm not going to say Gerald Everett is like done in, in, in his career, but with all the weapons surrounding him, it's going to be hard for him to get consistent targets mm. now that they're all fully healthy. Yeah, so that's true. I'm going to fade him a little bit. I would say you could go short on Gerald Everett at this point because he's going to have to really – you might have uh, games where you he pops a little bit, mm -hmm. and it looks like they're a playoff team now, right? So they just clinched I guess time, yeah. you could look forward to him getting a couple opportunities in the postseason, and I want to know how the mojo market reacts to postseason – uh, play which is we have not seen that yet so i'm curious to see a guy like everett might be a decent play depending on who their matchup he is. might pull like a gabe davis score three times or yeah, something like that but, in the first but game. still i'm gonna i'm leaning more towards the mike williams okay. and the keenan allens in that regard for speaking the of mike williams keenan allen there's some pass catchers coming up on free agency folks as the season moves on i had to switch this today i have i switched it over to pass catchers uh it was wide receivers but there are some tight ends out there that need some love and i think they can you can lump them all together and, because and conversely there's like the receiver class is awful. Yeah, it's a little weak. So we start with one of the worst ones. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Alan Lazard uh, is a free agent next year. $8.55. He's the 63rd ranked receiver on the Mojo market. His future value is $4.32. He's banking around $0.75 cents a year. Um, I'll ask you, Chris. You watch this team thoroughly throughout. You have Romeo Dubs. You have Christian Watson. You have, uh, you know, Randall Cobb might come back for a year. Is Alan Lazard out the door next year? Is he is he a Packer? I hope I hope Alan Lazard's not out the door next year. What's the price tag on him though? I don't think it's going to be too high because we saw him this year. He is who he is. You know, he had a chance to elevate his his uh, his numbers, and he did so in terms of he's getting a little bit more targets. But you understand that's going to take place when you have the hundred and ninety targets Devontae got last mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. up for grabs in Green Bay. But 
you know, he's got a couple games left here, and he didn't really do much to elevate. He, he's got his highest catch total, so he set career marks across the board in terms of yards and receptions. As expected, though. As expected. But we don't see an elevation in the yards per, you know, yards per target, yards per catch, things like that. But what Lazard does really well, unfortunately, these things don't lend to the mojo market, and he's a, he's a great run blocker. What he does when he's not getting the ball is what I think Green Bay likes. They're a run-first team at least they've been the last two seasons more so. Uh, and what he does in the run game, that's what I like about Lazard. There's even a highlight this week where he laid three guys out on one hit. It's like Lazard, and he's counting one, two, three. Usually it's a receiver that's like triple covered, and he's pointing to guys that he mossed. But Lazard, <laughs> you know, he's a blue-collar guy, and he's laying people out. I like it. But as I said, not the mojo market. I'm not investing in Lazard. I think he does stick around in Green Bay. Um, the story is real good, how he worked his way onto the roster. I think they owe him that contract. And it's not going to be too expensive, so he'll probably get it. And it's a good spot to be in as you have Watson and Romeo Dobbs now kind of taken over as hopefully the one and two with the athleticism and things like that. But a very big slot guy in Lazard that's able to block. I like that. So I think he sticks around, but I'm not investing in him, no. All right. Um, let's go to a playoff team, right? The, the Kansas City Chiefs. Juju Smith-Schuster is uh, a free agent to be next year. Clearly, we saw we know what they have in Miko Hardman. We know what they have on the outside with like an MVS. You know, we're talking about Scantling. You got Kelsey who just eats up everything. Is Juju almost like a requirement for the Chiefs to retain? Because like he comes over here, he plays all right. His stats for the year, uh, 74 catches, 877 yards. He's seen Pater three times. Um, I, I think personally, they built a little something, something between him and Mahomes. I think you continue to build this and you get this guy back. I know they they traded for Kadarius Tony. Like they have yeah, some I mean, like, skill position say, players. To I don't deal know. With. Juju put himself in a spot where he's playing himself into what I think he deserves a little bit of money from Kansas City. But when I'm looking at the way their roster is set up, I don't know that they're going to be able to give 15 million multi year deal to a guy where pretty much it seems like anybody they insert into that situation, he's going to play well. And let's not forget, they drafted Sky Moore. They did trade for Kadarius Tony. So those guys are probably contract. I mean, I know Sky Moore is and Kadarius Tony contracted up for a little bit. I think they get really good production out of at a Sky Moore in year two. Kadarius Tony year three with another year in the system. I think Juju's out. And I know I say this because looking at the rest of the free agent class, it's very weak. Odell is probably the prize uh, piece. And honestly. Odell not in the playoff run, I think he's going to find it a little harder than people think to find a home or mm -hmm. to get the amount that he that he was because there's other – it's like the draft, all these things that you could go and use your – you could go address the receiver position with. Um, the reason why I think he leaves also is because look at – I said the free agent class, all these guys that were drafted, Hollywood Brown, Debo, A.J. Brown, D.K., Deontay Johnson, those are the guys that would be the free agent class. They all got locked up. If you're a good receiver in the NFL, you don't have to wait for that second deal. You do not. It's crazy. You and that not. wasn't really the best receiver class, so Juju will probably find himself getting paid. He does have himself because a decent – he's the best free agent. Decent future value of seven ninety five plus the, the – you know, banking a dollar thirty-two a year is actually relatively good considering. Um, so I think the market projects him to get a deal, whether it's with Kansas City or not. This is definitely yeah. his best situation, quarterback-wise. Sure. But I don't know. We'll I'm, see. Not, I'm not too keen on Juju going forward, and I, I'm not saying that you know he can't exceed this, but we don't know where he's going to end up. Hopefully, for his sake, it's in Kansas City. But even still, with the with the development of the younger guys, I feel like if he sticks around, I don't know if his numbers go up next year. 
they're going to probably go down a little bit. I mean, it's worth mentioning, too, in Kansas City, Miko Hardman's a free agent, and so is Jarek McKinnon. So they have some decisions oh, to make with right. a lot of the guys that they've been, you know, counting on this Very season, true, so. very true. All right, let's skip over the next one because I don't feel like it's a conversation to be had. Let's go to a tight end. And uh, who do we got? Dawson Knox. I'm Dawson Knox. Dalton Schultz, same thing. Dalton Schultz is the guy I want to talk about real quick because he's a free agent to be. He's uh he's at 803, 13th ranked tight end, uh, $4.08 in future value. He gets about 68 cents a year. Um to be honest, 46 catches, 488 yards, three touchdowns. There's a lot going on in Dallas right now in the tight end position. Peyton Hendershot, you know, Jake uh J- Jay Ferguson, my guy Sean McEwen, like those they're all there. And I think they're all young enough to withstand tight end one potential, I think they could get there. So now for for that reason, and I know there's a rapport between D- Dak and Dalton, but he is playing on the franchise tag. I foresee another franchise tag being placed on a Tony Pollard next year and not Dalton Schultz. Unfortunately, I think somebody's going to come in and, and grab this guy and outbid us. I think Dalton Schultz winds up on another team next year. I and I like well. the dude. I really do. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, free agent tight ends typically, I wouldn't say they get paid but they're it's on the up and up you know you've seen the deals that like guys like austin hooper have signed and ej cj uzoma from the like it's worth it for dalton to go seek his contract in free agency he just played under the franchise tag players hate that i know they do um and honestly he had a banged up injury riddled season under the franchise tag so i know that they could potentially maybe use it on him but like you said i think it makes more sense to pay the running back 12 million that you know is a really good player and you really can't afford to lose um, Dalton Schultz, unfortunately, I agree, Dave. He might end up being somewhere else next year. Yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, you said that tight ends don't really get paid. Evan Ingram is our last guy we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, what a resurgence out of this guy. I mean, 92 targets is, is ver- first of all, the, the biggest number that jumps out at me. 68 catches, 723 yards, and four touchdowns. Right now, if you look at the mo- uh, mojo market, Evan Ingram is the eighth highest tight end on the market. His price is 948. His future value is $3.72, and he banks around $0.93 cents a year. I think he's ex- he's going to exceed some expectations here. I yeah. think Evan Ingram has found himself a home in Jacksonville. And I know Jacksonville's probably got some money to spend. I know they just spent it all on Christian Kirk or whatever. You know, they have money. Evan Ingram, he did enough this year in one small sample size to show Dougie P and Trevor that this dude could be here to stay as the primo tight end. I think Evan Ingram gets a overpay here i think there's going to be a massive deal given to evan ingram i, I gotta really see do. man i don't know you want to know what's interesting about this more so than anything um i want to see what happens with calvin ridley's contract because he's there oh that's right right so Oof. but he's not a tight end so i mean i understand that but he's probably due some money i don't know if calvin he's Ridley's on the, he's on a rookie deal calvin Ridley. how long do you think that rookie deal lasts probably another two years Oh, really? How long do you think Calvin Ridley's been in the league? He got suspended this year. He wasn't a rookie last year, so he's been no, in the three years. He was in his third year last year, so this would have been his fourth. It would be in his really? fourth season next year. Yeah. Huh. I so still think he sticks around. I'm not sure what the Calvin Ridley contract is like, but I remember Calvin Ridley being a potential trade candidate as he was suspended. Yeah. Well, I, actually, that kind of came out of left field to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, of course, but he was, but I'm saying like you say he was a trade candidate. I don't think so. No, he was the contract. Yeah, it was on Atlanta. They trade away the twos all their, their receivers all the time. So Calvin Ridley is a free agent, unrestricted after next year. 
So they got to either pay him or use him for a year and see what's going on. But he'll be there, and I understand he's not the tight end, but now when you have his, Zay Jones. His, his number is $11 million. You have Zay year. Jones, you have Christian Kirk, now you have Calvin Ridley. We're talking about Gerald Everett, who is a talented pass catcher, but just doesn't have enough looks to go his way. I think he ends up in Jacksonville as well, but I definitely think his usage goes down a little bit if you insert a Calvin Ridley's 10, 12 targets a game into that offense. Interesting. Well, it's going to go down in March when things go crazy on the Mojo market because each and every one of these free agents we've been talking about all last week and a half are going to find themselves either in new homes or get re-signed or whatever, but each and every move, corresponding move, will correspond to the Mojo market. So that's why you have to kind of play your cards right now. Um, some of these guys have playoff opportunities, so you still want to stick with your guys. You want to go long. You want to use the multipliers on some of these superstars where sometimes it just doesn't seem like they're moving too much. Uh, but you can you can make them move. You can absolutely make them move. All right. That'll do it for today. Do us a favor. Head on over to the social medias, folks. You can head on over to Instagram, TikTok, and, of course, the Twitter, at Mojo, M-O-J-O. Very easy to find us. Join the Discord as we share our portfolios. Some heavy hitters and some heavy action moving on Mojo over the last couple uh, nights, rather. Uh, within the last week, I feel like there's been, like, millions donated into, or not donated, but, you know what I'm saying, invested into the Mojo market. So, interesting to say the least. It'll be interesting going into week number 17 in the NFL. We start that on Thursday, tomorrow we're going to unfortunately put the axe on some more players uh, and their teams because there's been more teams that have been eliminated. And now we have to figure out what you want to do with some of these players that are on these said eliminated teams in the last two weeks and going forward. So for Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, A5, Anthony behind the glass, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll see you guys back here on a hump day tomorrow.